0: Welcome back, everyone, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. I am Jim, joined by my esteemed friend and fan of the first place Detroit Lions, Tom Bobo.
1: Hey, Tom good Bobo. morning. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. We always say good morning because we record in the morning 90% of the time. None of our listeners are like, oh, cool. I started my day with you. Well, if you did start your day with us, good morning to you.
0: That's true. Occasionally, Annette does listen to us live on as we're doing this, so... Uh, She's not online just yet. I don't see her watching yet, but uh, I mean, we've been live for a whole 35 seconds, so that's okay. I won't hold that against anybody. Um, but welcome in. We've got uh, some pro wrestling to talk, and yes, I uh, had I had to, I had to uh, congratulate you, Tom, on that first place Lions. My first place Bears. I will say the Lions, uh, the Lions and Bears and Vikings at least made their game slightly interesting unlike team green bay so
1: yeah the lions actually looked looked really well looked really good over the course of the game they they got in a hole early and they um they but they fought back they never quit i think that's that's part of the new culture i think that that detroit's trying to have instilled with their new head coach and their their staff so that was that was you know i didn't watch the game live my son had fall ball i was able to record it it was really weird i left my phone home Uh, for the entire four hours of his doubleheader. So I had no fantasy updates, no NFL updates. Came back completely in the dark. My mother-in-law then decides to come over for dinner. We cooked dinner. We had dinner. Of course, I knew the game was on DVR, so it was fine. Still not looking at anything. My phone was buzzing in the corner. I'm like, okay, those are either text messages or fantasy updates or both. And then I watched the Lions. uh, And it was nice because I could fast forward through the commercials. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, like just the complete... um, complete different way of watching it. And and I'm and, and really thankful because they're on Monday Night Football that's coming Monday. I'm not really excited that they're going into Green Bay, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is not going to be pleased based on how they played last week. Um, so I will be able to watch uh, Unencumbered without the distraction um, or uh, other distractions the wrong term. having too many commitments on a Sunday. I'll be able to go to fall ball. And bring my phone and have fantasy updates without regard for the Lions game. Uh, and again, now that I've spent 90 seconds talking about football, people are like, isn't this a wrestling podcast? One thing though, before we before I pivot, we actually failed our listeners last week, and I need to I need to atone for that. We need we need to atone for that. We talked about our NFL preview right at the end, and then we didn't give Super Bowl picks. I don't know if you recalled that or or remembered that right off the bat. Um, about thirty seconds when we uh, said uh, we ended our recording and said our goodbyes, I, I walked into the other room um, and I go, "Hold on, we just made picks for all the divisions in the wild card. We didn't make any playoff picks, so I think we have to start today with 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 our Super Bowl teams." And now, granted, I don't know if what happened on week one in the NFL would have done anything for you to change this. Um, so hopefully, uh, well, hopefully not. Uh, and I'll start because I will say that it didn't. Um, my picks uh, for the Super Bowl: Buffalo coming out of the AFC, despite the fact that they went zero and one last week. Uh, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Um, I, you know, I think the Bills are coming back around. Last year was a fun year to watch. I think this year they take the next step. Even though losing out of the gate week one wasn't something that I wanted to see or that I expected to see. So Buffalo is my AFC representative. My NFC representative um, is actually going to be Green Bay. So Buffalo versus Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Uh, again, two teams who went 0-1, um, and one of which that looked really bad uh, in the
0: Green Bay Packers. They, they did. I'm I'm going with a rematch of last year. I think it's Tampa Bay and Kansas City again. I know that's kind of chalk. It's kind of what you know the favorites, I would assume. I haven't looked at at the betting lines, uh, but especially after last week with Buffalo and Green Bay, both losing, I would assume uh, their odds got a little worse. Although I don't, I don't think they should. I think both teams will be just fine in the end. I agree with you. I would not at all be shocked to see Tampa Bay and Green Bay in the NFC title game and Buffalo and Kansas city um, in the AFC title game. So I wouldn't be shocked at all with your pick. Uh, but I think, I think Tampa's defense is just crazy good. Uh, and it's just hard to bet against Tom Brady. I mean, whether you want to buy into the whole, you know, the NFL rigs it for Tom Brady, which I'm sorry, I just don't think is a thing. Um, you know, or or whatever. I mean, the guy just knows how to win. I, I I think I said last week when he went to Tampa, I figured it was either going to be a total bust or they were going to win the Super Bowl, and there they did. They they were they won the Super Bowl, and uh, wouldn't be shocked to see him do it again. So conspicuous.
1: That's- yeah, conspicuous by their absence from both of our picks, uh, a team that we both were interested in watching last week for different reasons, the Rams of Los Angeles.
0: I think the Rams are going to be right there. I, they were very, very good. Um, and while well, I did not uh, buy into before the game the idea that Matt Stafford was this great quarterback who just, you know, had never quite had the right setting partially because he played with Calvin Johnson for seven years. So let's not pretend like Matthew Stafford never had, you know, wide receivers. Um, and I, I never quite, quite bought that story and I And I'm still not sure that that's the whole reason. I mean, it's Detroit's bigger, never it's, defense, yeah. It's, me.
1: it's bigger than that for sure.
0: Yeah. Right. But he looked real good last week, uh, against my bears. Um, uh, my bears looked real bad in a lot of ways, but, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It seems like there's an awful lot of internal pressure and external on Matt Nagy right now to, uh, you know, maybe play the quarterback get, gives you the best chance to win the game. I don't know. Seems like an idea you could use. Um, and he's just bullheaded right now and starting Andy Dalton. So I I predict by week four, it could be week three, but by the Detroit game at home in Chicago, week four, I think Justin Fields is a starter and I think he's going to, he's a rookie. He's going to have some hiccups. But I think he's going to play very, very well. He, when when Matt Nagy said yesterday that Justin Fields is a chess piece he can use, somebody said, "Yes, but you don't make the queen your pawn." There's a good point.
1: Um, how how dare you besmirch the name of the Red Rifle?
0: Uh, you know what? Andy Dalton has made a very good career for himself, but. And I, I, I love the idea of having an Andy Dalton as a backup to a rookie quarterback. So that God forbid something does happen. Either he gets hurt or, you know, just has a game where he goes out and throws four picks in the first half or something like that. And you're like, okay, let's sit him down. Just settle him down. Just try again next week. I like Dalton as a backup. I just, Justin Fields is the future. Let's, let's do this. Uh, well, now that we've spent seven minutes on the NFL, um, we will hop into wrestling. It'd be interesting to see if our, uh, our picks in the NFL are anything like our head-to-head picks, but uh, they can't be because we're tied in head to head, and we can't tie when neither of us picked any either of the same teams to be in the Super Bowl. Uh you went six and two, Tom, last week, uh with Death Before Dishonor. I went five and three. The uh let's see. I'm trying to remember the matches we missed. Well, we both missed the Briscoes and OGK. Yeah, uh weird. Uh, weird, very weird. I you know, they're they're telling a story with the Briscoes and then they zigged when everybody thought they were going to zag. And I mean, if if they do something out of that, cool. But if they just zigged a, when they could have zagged, I don't know. Whatever I'm trying to say there. It was weird. Um, and then I had uh, I had Alize, you had Roxy. Uh, I had Dalton, uh, no, I had Eli Isom, you had Dalton Castle. Um,
1: and then so, I had Gresham and you had Woods.
0: It, there we go. I was like, I knew there was had to be one more because those were the other two I missed and Gresham and Woods. Um so I was glad to be right on the Woods pick. Um both that castle and an Isom match and then the uh, women's title match I thought were complete pickums um for me. So yeah, but uh Tom, you saw some of Death Before Dishonor after the fact. Uh neither one of us watched it live, but uh you saw some of it. I have not seen any of it, but certainly have read things and and know what happened and and think I have a good um, did, did you see did you watch the Honor Rumble? I did not. No. Okay. Because I've I've seen dueling reports, that PJ Black won it, and that Alex Zane won it. But I think Alex Zane won the rumble.
1: Yeah, I believe he did too. That's that's okay. I I, I that, that's all I've seen and, and, and re, reported on is the wrong term. But again, you know, we talk about all the time our fantasy league that we have for wrestling, and that's how it's scored. And no one has bothered to to Correct. check us on that. So either they either a they don't care. Uh, uh or be they're not paying attention and both which, could be both could be true for that spot
0: right and neither alex zane nor pj black are owned in our fantasy wrestling league so it yeah. uh but the the first report i read that night had pj black getting the it just said black gets the final elimination which i thought meant he won and i'll i admit i was like oh well the world was waiting for pj black versus bandito apparently um so alex zane winning as i had thrown out as an option when we talked about the Rumble, I think makes a ton of sense. So I am looking forward to Alex Zane versus Bandito. That will be uh, super fun to watch again. What were your thoughts on the matches you did see, Tom?
1: Yeah, before I jump into that, I just want to make Oops. one connection. Um, we're, we're six events through this half of the Pickham season. Uh, when we were six ma- uh, events through last half, the first half of 2021. um, we were one match difference. So the fact that we're even now and we had one match difference before, we are picking very, very much in line with what we did last go round. Um, It was after this point that there was some separation that started. So we'll be back a week from today, ideally with another uh, extreme rules pick them. And again, we are actually going to have a little bit of WWE proper conversation here. The first time in a number of weeks, uh, but then next week will be uh, Extreme Rules centric as we make picks. Um, so yes, so Death Before Dishonor. Uh,
0: I-, I think, Tom, I was just mapping it out real quick, just to go back to your point real quick before we... Um, I have six right now pay-per-views, I think, left this year. Um, Extreme Rules next week. Whatever the October pay-per-view is, because you would have thought Hell in a Cell, but maybe it's...
1: Crown Jewel. They, just, they formally announced Crown Jewel yesterday.
0: They did, but I kind of feel like they're going to have a regular pay-per-view as well in October. Okay, uh, okay. Stateside. And I don't know. We'll have to decide if we want to pick Crown Jewel or not. Um, That would add one. But if they have a regular stateside, maybe Crown Jewel will be it, and then we pick it. Um, Full gear in November. Survivor Series in November. Uh, What I assume will be TLC in December. It usually is for WWE. And then Final Battle. And I think that would be it as far as I can guesstimate anyways because we don't pick impact we don't pick um anybody else we'll just leave it at that um so so we're about ha- right at that halfway point so hopefully yeah. you don't. Okay.
1: <laughs> hopefully i do turn the tide and, and i start uh creating some distance uh and not not on the not on the back end of that i want to create distance where i'm i'm out
0: front okay. Understood.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, death before dishonor. So yeah, so as I shared with my, you know, my chat about what our family plans were and how last Sunday worked out for us, Um, you know, the match I probably cared most about going into this show was the pure title match. Um, Again, we had difference of opinion entering that match. I also have been really high on Jonathan Gresham a hundred percent. I think that's a talent that actually I, I want to seek out and watch a lot of his matches. Um, Actually, we are recording on September the 17th. There's a show for GCW tonight in LA, um, and Gresham and Minoru Suzuki are are facing off, and I'm I'm tempted to explore purchasing that. I had such a great experience using Fight uh, TV uh, for ordering uh, all out that I'm like, shoot, why not get GCW? And The card beyond that is actually really good, Um, and Ron Funches makes his pro wrestling debut against Tony Deppin. Uh, Among other items, uh, items matches. Anyway, so so Gresham's a guy that I that I seek out. Uh, Problem was on Sunday, when I got through the Lions game, you know, I wrapped it up around seven thirty, being able to fast forward through things. Um, I got my kids ready for bed, came back through the Rams game and the Bears game on, uh, because I couldn't start Death Before Dishonor on time. And then I happened to be on social media and I saw that Josh Woods had won. So I'm like, well, shoot. Um, that since that was what I cared most about, I'm going to just kind of throw the towel in and go, let me just find the results because I had to score it for our fantasy league. And I wanted to be kind of on top of that. Again, a week ago, I said, I hope that group gives me grace. If I want to delay, they didn't have to give me grace. They didn't have to give me grace because I missed scored and pick but you know, too many plates spinning at one time. Um, so yeah, so as soon as I found that out, I was like, let me just figure out. And then I'll, and then I'll pick and choose what I wanted to watch. Uh, and so the things I chose to watch after the fact were Isom and Dalton Castle, Jake Atlas and t- uh, Taylor Rust, the pure title match, uh, the women's title match, and the world title match. So I chose five matches um, that, to me, were the most um, intriguing, and then also from like a long-term, perhaps, storyline perspective that I was most interested in. So I'll, I'll circle back and go, the pure title match was, was really quite, quite good it is worth going out of your way to see Jim if you still have your honor club active mm-hmm. it, it was a it was it was a match completely different than any previous pure rules and or pure title match in terms of how they did it and how they told the story of the aggression of both guys and the intensity of both guys I thought Joe mandak as the referee did a really good job in his role because the way that the rope breaks were were utilized was very much different uh and then there was also um a pinfall finish in the middle of the match that wasn't the finish and then it led to more story uh and and then then the match really picked up a notch from that point forward so overall really strong um i still don't think that it was the right move to take the belt off gresham on the flip side of that, that's me like and my fandom for Jonathan Gresham more than anything else. I think Josh Woods has a lot to live up to now. And again, if you're looking to build talent, him being in this spot now makes a lot of sense as the representative of the pure division moving forward.
0: Yeah, And I, I think I may have said last week, too, I, I think it was the right time only because I don't know what else there was for Gresham to do in the pure division. One of the things, one of the knocks I have on the Pure Division, I've I enjoy the Pure Division. I enjoy um, Gresham a lot, but they've they've not done a good job of building like a feud over the Pure title. Everything's just kind of been the Challenger of the month or the Challenger of the cycle, Um, you know. And they've done a decent job of telling the story of how people using the rankings and also you know the Pure Gauntlet and things like that. Uh, which I think there's another one coming up. If I remember this right, this
1: weekend, yeah, this yeah. Week. The, the The episode of TV this weekend is very pure rule centric. There's a pure match between Bennett and Titus, and then there's a pure gauntlet. Now, That's I've been cool. less than thrilled with those pure gauntlets. To be honest with you, they've been using a lot of dojo guys, and um, eh, I can take it or leave it.
0: I agree, and and if you're going to do it, I think it'd be more interesting to do it with you know have your top five contenders. Um, in the pure division, you know, do the gauntlet or something like that, I think would be, and have them enter in the order of their ranking. So, you know, Gresham obviously would probably be the last one. I'm assuming I didn't watch week by week this week, Uh, but Gresham's got to be the number one contender. I mean, that just makes sense. Um, But I just don't know what was left. So that's the one thing in the pure division I'd like to see them tighten up is tell me some stories within the pure division. Um, You know, you had, I guess the story was Gresham a lot of times was, you know, someone had to prove themselves to Gresham and and that's fine, but it felt like that was the only story they could tell in the peer division. Um, I don't know whether with Woods now they'll be able to tell new stories. They should be able to, um, that, that should be something that happens, but we'll see. Um, so that's my one kind of ding on the peer division. I've enjoyed Gresham though. And I think it will be interesting to see where Gresham goes. I could absolutely see the final battle, um, pay-per-view main event being Bandito versus Gresham for the world title. Uh, and, and, and that's and, that idea of Gresham going for the world title almost since Real Honor rebooted.
1: Yeah. And that's a good segue because I'll talk about the main event next. Uh, at, earlier in the night, the foundation came out in full support of Bandito, like in a, in a, in like a vignette. Right. So they, they were like, Hey, we're cheering for you tonight, which would make sense because you know, of all four guys in the match, whether they're allies or not, that's the guy that I think would most align with their systematic beliefs regarding wrestling and, and honor and whatnot. Uh so 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 Bandito does win um last eliminating Brody King, which is really interesting. Again, Brody King had to take a loss in this match somehow, some way. Um, but to take a pinfall in the end really boosts Bandito and it makes me go, where does Brody King go next? Because he seems to be elevating. And that's also the problem of having a four-way elimination match. Um
0: three guys so, gotta lose.
1: Yeah, three guys gotta lose. So uh the foundation comes out post-match and they all congratulate Bandito Gresham being the last, and he's selling from the from the toll that his match took on him earlier. And he's the last guy to shake Bandito's hand. And as he's shaking his hand, he's staring at the world title. So very cool, very fun. And then also very interestingly, uh Vincent's crew came out in all white on the stage and stared down at the ring. So clearly, again, Vincent has the world title shot he acquired from Matt Taven by winning the cage match. So there's another challenger uh, in the fold for Bandito. Uh, So looking at that world title match, uh, EC3 was the first person to lose. He got DQ'd for using a chair. So very interesting when you think about uh, his story has been talking about choosing your own narrative. Uh, And um, did he want to choose his own narrative by getting DQ'd in his world title shot? Right, so that's so. So they can they can do something there storyline wise, or they or they or not. Um, Flamita and Bandito did appear to reconcile briefly, uh, and started you know uh, the Mexa Squad uh, reunion of sorts happened, and they were double teaming Brody King for a spell, um, and then that went away. And it was actually Bandito who, um, not directly like in a a heelish way, but he was the one that kind of turned the tide and you know try to get Flamita out of the match. Um, and then it came down to Bandito and King, and it was good. It was it was entertaining. I would have enjoyed probably a different story, and and, and if they're going to give us those two and King is going to be used to put over Bandito, uh, a singles match would have been my preference. Again, I don't know if they would have thought that that alone sells this show more than a four-way does.
0: Yeah, and maybe maybe it's a case, too, where Bandito, uh... Brody King has already lost a singles world title match, um, to Roosh, Roosh. I'm like, why am I drawing a blank on the former world champion, um, to Roosh? And maybe they didn't want to have him lose two singles. So now you could at least, if you wanted to say, well, yeah, he, you know, he beat me, but you know, there were two other guys in the match. We had to go through this long match. We, you know, I was worn down, blah, blah, blah. One-on-one I could have taken him ah, maybe, um, I'd still like to see a one-on-one bandito and flamita match um i, th- I think they've certainly been building to it and that could main event final battle too although i think obviously with the aftermath i don't i don't think that's where they're gonna go for final battle I, it would be a great match um but if you want to put that on tv for me that's fine too I'll, I'll watch it i now have access uh to watching ring of honor uh i don't have to wait for monday to see the ring of honor show in so long as I remember to record a couple of shows after Ring of Honor, because usually football games go long and then Ring of Honor doesn't air when it's supposed to. And YouTube TV does not always adjust accordingly. Um, learned that the hard way a couple of weeks back. Um, so that's okay.
1: And to your point about watching Ring of Honor on Monday, uh, like what they've been doing with their watch parties, I do need to give them credit and kudos. They did pivot that last week. They had that, their, their watch along or whatever their promotion of the weekly TV was for those that don't watch it on a Sinclair affiliate, they put it on Saturday and, and, and and by doing that, it made a lot of sense storyline wise because there was a tag team title change. And so having those guys come out with the belts on Sunday would have been weird if you hadn't acknowledged it. So they did, you know, I don't know how long it's taken and I don't really, you know, I know we talked about, you know, storylines and and continuity of, 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 tv and angles um this was one where ring of honor finally got it right
0: yep absolutely and and we've called them on it when it hasn't been before so we need to uh need to give them the credit when they do it right and absolutely i thought that was very smart for me it um i don't want to say it telegraphed the tag title change but it certainly made me think well that would be a reason to do that um and then, sure enough, it happened, which I was not happy about because, again, our Fantasy Wrestling League, I had homicide. So, um, not helpful to me. But that's okay. Uh, I guess it also it makes some sense, especially given, which, of course, this happened before Roosh's uh, injury. But given Roosh's injury, at least with the tag titles, LFI has something going on. Because um, you and I both talked about LFI you know, obviously it's a major pivot for them without Roosh being a part of it right now, um, for the rest of the year from the sounds of things. So at least the rest of the year. So, um, so it gives them something to do. Um, thankfully they put them on Dragon Lee and Kenny King and not Bestia Del Ring. Um, since they did not also, they did not pivot the six man titles at the pay-per-view, which we both didn't think they were anyway. So, um, Tom, I'm uh, curious on your thoughts on the women's title match. Uh, that's one I definitely do want to go back and watch because I've watched uh, basically all of the tournament, so I, I want to see the conclusion. I've, I've heard good things, so I'm curious what your take on Roxy and Alize was.
1: Yeah, and, and and that is exactly why I chose to watch that match. I had been invested in the entire tournament, so I felt like even though I knew the result, I needed to watch the match and see it play out. It was fine. It, 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 was, it was in the right spot. It made a lot of sense. There was a really nice uh, part of the fact that both, uh, competitors' families were in the crowd. Uh, so that was kind of a fun way to like go, Hey, you know, this means a lot to them, but it also means a lot to their families. I don't think that, you know, it was anything earth shattering, like, you know, must watch, but it wasn't bad by any means. And it's a, they've done a really, really good job of a reboot of the women's wrestling division and ring of honor. Uh, Almost akin to your your comment about the peer division and how that has been inconsistent. Not the right term, but just like because of the way Ring of Honor is doing TV and doing their presentation of their product, the opportunity to to get people in the mix has been sporadic at best. Right, so it felt like you know Jonathan Gresham was running out of people to compete. That'll be now the question with Roxy. They they've signed women to the division. They've signed competitors to the division. So that that's that's probably okay for the next three to six months. Then what? And again, too, three to six months from now, who knows where we're going to be as it relates to live events and in person and whatnot. Hopefully, it's a lot better spot than we are today. And I think we're doing it fine today. You know, you look at NFL stadiums last week. Again, when we're call back to football, lots of full stadiums around the country.
0: Yeah. And I, I thought going to your point about signing, I thought it was good that they ta- said that they had signed both Roxy and Alize before the pay-per-view uh, and the fact that they signed them both. Had they only signed one of them, I think it probably would have uh, telegraphed the winner a little bit. So thankfully they were able to get them both signed. And and so I thought that was a good to tell everybody that they had signed, but B it didn't do anything to tell anybody what they were thinking about doing at the pay-per-view either, uh, which is always good. And you know, it, it makes sense. As I said, I think in our preview last week, it made sense for me that Roxy would win. I, I took Alizé more as a flyer. Do you have the heel win the tournament and, and have the baby faces chasing? Um, and it gave us a difference, which didn't work out in my favor, but that's okay. Um, sometimes you, you know, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield. Um, so there's the new title for today's episode. Uh Anything else on Death Before Dishonor, Tom?
1: The only other thing I'll just say and and, and this is this is rooted this comment and response it's rooted in a lot of what people on the Ring of Honor uh choose your honor or whatever choose your experience
0: like Facebook that, group that thing's getting tough to read.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of people who very who very strongly feel that Ring of Honor is the The destination in professional wrestling, and that's fine. Like, right, like if I'm not gonna tell you if you want to eat somewhere, if you want to drink somewhere, if you want to watch something and it's your bread and butter, you're gonna feel passionate about it. But the overwhelming, like uh tunnel vision that people have, I feel in some of the responses there, and also the fact that some of the things that Ring of Let's come through. Like, there was a thread a few days ago about a potential match between uh the NWA champion, who I'm forgetting her name now, she's that uh, big,
0: Camille,
1: Camille, 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 Camille,
0: Camille.
1: yes, (laughs) Camille versus Jade Cargill, who clearly neither of those people have anything to do with Ring of Honor, right? So like, yes, I, if physically those two imposing women would be a tremendous spectacle, but how that matters at all in terms of a Ring of Honor choose your experience post, uh, you you'll well, ask me on that. One. their
0: experience that it doesn't have anything to do with Ring of Honor. They're just <laughs> using their experience, apparently.
1: Right, right. So, um, there's been a lot of a lot of back and forth on there with people complaining, like Lee Moriarty being signed by AEW and Ring of Honor missing that opportunity and missing this, that, or the other. I Again, mean, Ring of Honor is going to do what they're going to do, right? So, like, just because they're not being uh, active promotion in like going forward and signing people, it's not apples to apples. Ring of Honor and AEW should not be compared by any stretch of the imagination. But the one area where I thought Ring of Honor could have made um, some news and created some buzz would have been Jake Atlas versus Taylor Rust, And it was a fine match. But I think they could have let them go, like really go, and created a buzz. Now the question is now if they do that and then some guy leaves, does that burn Ring of Honor in the end? I don't think you have to worry about that, right? Like you chose to bring them in. Let them tear down, let them tear down the house and let them let them show what they can do. Um they did announce that both of them are gonna be on future episodes of TV. And then interestingly, in, interestingly enough, I think by Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, Jake Atlas came out and said he was stepping away from professional wrestling. So he clearly, um, if he's if he did do some, you know, um, I I was gonna call them dark matches, but that's not true non-audience TV spots for Ring of Honor that will air in the couple next couple of weeks. That was his maybe, you know, farewell to pro wrestling for now, which is really interesting. And he spoke a lot about the mental health component of his decision. And kudos to him, uh, kudos to anyone who struggles with mental health to, to name that and acknowledge that and to, uh, to work to take time away uh, to get the resources to better yourself uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So um, that's that's the last thing I'll say um, uh, for me on the, on the card. I, I, beyond, I did choose to watch Dalton Castle, Eli Isom, because it did, it did meet my expectations. Those two guys, I know that you're still not sold on Castle. Uh, he's, uh, it was good. It was a good in-ring match, and Castle's character right now is, um, is cl- clicking for me.
0: Yeah, and, and to go back to your, your Rust and Atlas comment, yeah, I, I had seen, too, that Atlas has announced that he's um, pulling himself from future commitments and, and retiring um maybe he'll come back someday you know pro wrestling retirements are always a little little wonky um uh, whether they last or not but uh whether his does or doesn't um i agree with you kudos to him for taking care of himself first and foremost as a fan um and somebody who was really looking forward to seeing jake atlas with no handcuffs um so to speak uh you know i'm bummed but as a human being hey i'm i'm uh super excited for him to to take care of himself first and foremost, because as much as we like watching these guys as pro wrestlers, guys and gals as pro wrestlers, and they entertain us, they're human beings first and foremost. And, and you're hundred percent right. You know, Kenny Marquez, which is his, you know, real name. And it's been out there. I'm not, you know, breaking any news there. Um, is more important than Jake Atlas, frankly. So, um, kudos to him. And I hope that, uh, whatever path he takes, I hope he finds what he needs, um, in himself and resource-wise, like you said, uh, to be able to be be the best person he can be for his life. So,
1: And he was supposed to be on PWG's trim, Three Mendes Six a week from Sunday in a six-man. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's plenty of talent, so don't get me wrong. But right. it'll be interesting to see who takes his spot there.
0: That's a crazy six man too. It,
1: it is, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I I am, so PwG's comeback—we never really talked about it here—was was solid. And the video that the video preview for the DVD is out there, and it is available now for pre-order on High Spots. hashtag plug hashtag no funding. Um, and, but but this this show when it comes out on DVD is going to be a must-buy because there are so many matches that are just like mouth-watering
0: on the card. I really wish PWG, they used to, um, and I don't think they are anymore. I wish they would release them as digital downloads um, because I have to be, they're only doing blue right now, which is fine. Um, but I don't even have my Blu ray player hooked up to my TV um, because we do so much streaming. Um, you know, and if we rent a movie, we rent it on Voodoo or Amazon or wherever. Um, so it's like, oh, I want to watch this, but now I got to go find my Blu ray player, get it hooked up, monkey with all the cords in the back, you know, and all of that. Um, So I just, eh, yeah, that's my own, but I'm sure there's reasons why they don't. Could be contractual, could be cost, you know, whatever it is for them. Um, Maybe they just weren't selling that many digital downloads, so it's not worth the hassle to host it and that sort of thing. Uh, Or, you know, frankly, from the piracy side, a whole lot easier to pirate and and share a digital file than it is, at least with a Blu-ray, you've got to. Transfer that into a digital file before you can pirate it out to others. Um, So maybe it was to combat that too, because I'm I'm quite sure PWG shows are widely pirated, um, as as many and most wrestling shows are. Uh, I'm guessing PWG is one of those uh, as well. So be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to eventually seeing Three Menace. Don't know if I'm going to buy that return the first show back the Mystery Vortex. Uh, I might, but again, part of it is. when do I have time to watch this stuff? Um, you know, it's, it's a struggle to get through the week, the couple of weekly shows that I watch every week. So, well, speaking of a weekly show that neither of us watch most weeks, but, uh, was newsworthy this week. And I probably won't spend a ton of time on it. Uh, but Big E cashes in the money in the bank, uh, announced it earlier in the day that he was going to, which I totally thought was a red herring and I did not think he would. I thought someone would attack him or some, you know, somehow it would get ruined. Goldberg would show up something. Um, but he cashes in, and he announced he would. He followed through on that, which is a very babyface thing to do, and uh, cashes in, beats Bobby Lashley, and Big E is now the WWE champion for the first time in his career, joining the list of former NXT champions who have gone on to win a world title in in on the main roster. Um, I, you and I are both Big E fans. We both talked about this. We both picked him to win the money in the bank. We both talked about different ways the cashing could be. We didn't want it to be a... Uh, kind of the heel cash in where the baby face or the champions laid out. You just come in and cash in. And this wasn't, he told everybody he was going to do it and he followed through with what he said he was going to do. Um And Lashley wasn't laid out before this either. He was gimpy, um, but he wasn't laid out, which is, is good. I think for Biggie as well. What were your thoughts when you uh, did, did you watch raw Tom? I, I doubt it, but did you watch raw?
1: I watched this match and then I had the first hour on while I was working, where I really didn't pay much attention at all to anything, so um, which is going to be tough because a week from now when we try to make picks for Extreme Rules, someone who hasn't been invested in the product because it's just not been good, it's going to be it's going to be weird to pick things that you think is going to happen when you're really not lockstep.
0: Uh, Luckily, or, the person you're picking against is in the exact same boat. Right. So. Right. So yeah,
1: no, two blind mice can find you know a crumb here <laughs> right. and there. Uh, I so I if I'm not mistaken, this was the first time that the cash in ever happened in like, you know, a, a, a calling your shot. You know, most times it's always been it's circumstantial. They're coming out. The, the champion is is prone or laid out. And then someone cashes in. They don't call their shot earlier in the day, earlier in the night and then come through and do it.
0: The only other one I can think of is Rob Van Dam. Uh when he cashed in, he announced that it would be at ECW's one night stand. Got it. Uh, and, and beat Cena. That's the only one I can think of, um, off the top of my head. But that was that was a couple of weeks in advance, or at least a week in advance, if not two or three, um, or maybe even a month. But same day like this, I don't remember something like that.
1: And, and that was what, fifteen years ago? So I can't even remember what we talked about fifteen minutes ago. So let alone <laughs> me remembering something from look, 15 years Look at ago. that
0: guy. It was actually a Bret Hart and 1-2-3 kid match on Raw. Never mind. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, uh yeah, happy for Big e. um, I have a lot of weird feelings on this. Like, did it happen to compete with Monday Night Football and to pop a Papa rating? Is this a shift in the way that they're going to promote Big E and Raw? Because Big E was not, A raw talent, but now he clearly is. Unless all of a sudden the draft, which is coming up, going to shuffle the deck again. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I I don't know that I've that I've landed on my true feelings on the matter outside of excited for Biggie. He defeated a dominant champion in Bobby Lashley. Again, you and I can go back to January, February of this year, and I don't think that we would have ever anticipated the run that Lashley had and how validating that is um, maybe for both his career, but also in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, his WWE story. And then now transitioning to Big E, you know, we thought, we thought Big E's time might've come earlier this year at the Rumble or at WrestleMania in some capacity. It didn't. And then he wins money in the bank and we're thinking, okay, now he has a, a, a locked in spot. You know, now does he you know, where does his story go from here? Does he lose the title between now and the end of the year? And then you know, we always thought, hey, Rumble was gonna be his space to win that match and then be on the path to to WrestleMania. He falls now to me without knowing the future, kind of in that Drew McIntyre space where like he won the title maybe in a in a in a way that we didn't think he'd win it, and but then he's gonna find himself maybe in the future needing to redeem himself and win the title back. So, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of throwing a lot of things out there and seeing what what maybe sticks. What are your thoughts? Did you end up watching the match? Did you? uh, I haven't seen it yet.
0: I I intend to. I haven't seen it yet. Um, This week's just been busy, Um, very busy. So, um, and I I prioritized uh, the next thing we're going to talk about uh, over what, even though I knew this had happened. um, And I don't know what that says about me, um, but um, we can talk about that. so I haven't seen it. I've read about it. I know how it happened. You know all of that sort of thing. Um, I'm excited for Biggie. I'm I'm with you in that. I'm curious to see: is this a long term reign? Is it a short term reign? I, I'm guessing at Extreme Rules we're going to get Biggie and Lashley for the title. Um, you know, in a rematch. I'd be interesting to see what Crown Jewel becomes. Then is it a three way? Um, we, because we all assume Bobby Lashley and Goldberg are going to go at it. I wouldn't, I don't want it to be a three way. I do something else with Biggie, have him defend against, I don't know, Randy Orton or AJ Styles, or I don't know, pick somebody, um, do something else at crown jewel with him. Have, have him defending against Mansoor. I don't care. It's in Saudi Arabia. Um, but, um, except then actually you'd have to put Mansoor over. So don't do that. Um, because to me Lashley and Goldberg doesn't need the belt so i'm okay with this um because it's not like oh you've ruined the the title match i was looking forward to no you definitely didn't do that um and with with Lashley attacking Goldberg's kid it's be, that's become personal so this didn't this doesn't that match doesn't need the title at Crown Jewel um so actually in some ways you've expanded to where you can give another marquee match At Crown Jewel, I did look up the uh, pay per view schedule, and Crown Jewel looks like it might be the only pay per view in October. You might be dead on that, Tom. So, um, uh, I haven't really, I think I watched the very first Saudi show, and I really haven't since then because most of the time they're just pointless. Um, although there have been title changes there, so I guess they're not totally pointless, but um, so we'll see whether I watch this one or not. That's another conversation for another day. Uh, but for Biggie, I'm excited. Um, I just hope that they book him well. And boy, isn't that a you know problem um across the board uh, on the main roster and maybe maybe trickling into another brand as well. We'll see. Um, so I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see. I do think the first month or so here is gonna be important to see to set the tone.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, I just wonder, like, you know, I, I, a question that I had in my head, but then I almost answered it before I could ask it, but I will ask it to you is, you know, who would you like to see Big E face now that he's champion? Who would you like to see him defend or or, 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 or challenge Big E? You know, there's, there's guys uh, that, that could probably make some really great matchups, but then also like, storyline-wise, what do you do there?
0: Yeah, no, I think very much I think that's the question. And, and Raw... I mean, they're just trying to think like they kind of need an influx of top heels. Like after Bobby Lashley, it gets a little like you could always do Randy Orton, you could always do Sheamus. Um I got to tell you the one match I want to see in this title reign is Big E versus Kofi Kingston. That would be intriguing to me, and you don't have to turn one of them heel to do it. You get you can do some sort of a you know, well, you never gave me a shot. while well, you were a champ, but I'm going to give you a shot, you know, because I love you like brother or whatever. And then where does Xavier Woods, you know, he's torn in the middle or whatever. Um, I, I would love to see that. I think if you tell it in an there's a very intriguing story you could tell there. Do I trust WWE to do that? No, they're going to make it over a unicorn headband or something is going to be why they're feuding um, or a box of bootios or some stupid thing. But. You know, I think you could tell an interesting story there. The draft obviously is, is probably going to shake things up. Although, um, and, and I don't mean to mimic what I hear others say, but um, Sean Ross Sapp said this on Fightful earlier in the week, and I 100% feel the same way. And I felt this way about a number of the drafts. They move so many people in the drafts that a lot of the same matchups still happen, it just goes from blue to red or red to blue. Um, heck, they did that with the whole Seth Rollins and and Rey Mysterio feud, they moved the entire feud. whole show and then just kept the feud going. Um, the draft is supposed to shake things up. So that's just dumb when they do that. Um, I could see them flip the belts and put Big E and the WWE title on SmackDown and move Roman Reigns over to raw. I could see that. Um, I don't think Fox would be happy with that. So we'll see where that plays into it. Um, but USA would be happy with that and they're both paying him a ton of money. So how do you keep them both happy? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, it, it's intriguing to me. Like after Extreme Rules, like I was trying to with Crown Jewel. Who do you have Biggie face at Crown Jewel? I, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want the three way though, because the the Lashley Goldberg story has its own story. Biggie is not a part of that story, so I don't want to just cram him in there because then it's like one of these things is not like the other, and and then when Biggie pins either of them, is it's not as meaningful because it was a three way. Um, I think Big E needs one-on-one title matches and he needs to beat people decisively. He doesn't need to squash them, but needs to have good, clean wins um, because this is his first title run. And if you just book him, you know, if you book him as a joke or if you book him, you know, not serious, he can be funny, but he still needs to be able to flip the switch. Um, and I think Big E has absolutely has the potential to do that. They just have to book him right. And that's, again, where you and I both get really scared.
1: Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, speaking of scared... Um it's a good transition to our next topic. Um yeah, so NXT 2.0 became a thing this week.
0: Can <laughs> I say how much I hate the fact that they're calling it NXT
1: 2.0? You can and I will agree with you.
0: Cuz this is like 3 or 4.0 to begin with, let's be honest. Um cuz NXT started as a as an almost tough enough style show, not quite, but in that vein you know, and then it morphed into the NXT that we've known, which, and it, and it had some iterations even within that, but the, the NXT where they crowned a champion and they, you know, it became FCW turned into NXT. And, and now you have this iteration. So it's at least 3.0. Um And I just hate the numbers. Like, are we going to call Tommaso Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa the NXT 2.0 champion? And okay. I realized, I you know, jump to the end of the show, but, um, you know, I don't want to go match by match here any, by any means, uh, because we've got a little bit of time constraints this morning. Let, let me ask a couple of leading questions and obviously jump in with questions that you have too, Tom. Um, well, let's start with that. Tommaso Ciampa wins the title uh, in the main event. Well, the main event match, the wedding was, uh, was there as the main event. Uh, let me just say about the wedding. I don't know that we're going to spend much time on that. I love that it finally was a wedding that didn't have nobody attacked anybody else, really. I mean, Dexter attacked the priest and Odyssey helped, you know, put Andre Chase back in his place, which I thought was kind of funny, actually. Um, But I love that it didn't Dexter didn't turn on Indy Indy didn't turn on Dexter. Johnny Gargano didn't super kick everybody. Whatever you were thinking could happen because it's a wrestling wedding and they happen. I I actually thought the wedding segment was pretty good um, for what it was.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was a fun payoff to that story, without a doubt. I will agree with you there. I don't know where they go next. Right. Um, that that so that that's actually, which is really weird because it's completely out of the ring. But that's that's something I'm looking forward to. Believe it or not,
0: I, I did like when everybody objected basically, and Dexter just holds open his coat with the axe, and they're all like, "Never mind." Um, <laughs> I thought that was I don't know clever. Whoever wrote that, kudos. Even if I dogged on all your other writings, um, kudos to that one. Uh, But Tommaso Ciampa wins the title in a four-way that had been advertised originally as a number one contenders match. Samoa Joe has to um, relinquish the title over the weekend because of an injury. We haven't heard what kind of an injury yet. All the best to Joe. I hope it's not concussion-related because that had been an issue for him in the past. Um, I hope he tweaked a knee or something like that. Um, I'm really bummed by Joe not having the title. I, I was really looking forward to Joe's title run. Um, So they changed the four-corner number one contenders match into a title match, and then inexplicably, uh, and I can only assume they did it because everybody would have wanted O'Reilly to win, so they needed to get him out, they have Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland attack Kyle O'Reilly in the back, and Von Wagner, the former Cal Bloom, uh, Wayne Bloom from the Beverly Brothers' son, uh, if you know who that is as people are listening, uh, saved him, which I, I have to admit, I saw the attack, and I totally missed the Von Wagner, So it was the one who said like, It didn't click with me at all, and then when Regal said it later, I was like, like, okay, I guess that happened. Um, maybe I turned away from the TV, I don't know. But um, Von Wagner gets the spot of Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I know that while you were watching it, because I've read the thread uh, on our, our group of friends, you were concerned that Von Wagner was going to be put over for the title, which I think was a valid concern in that moment. Um, didn't happen though. Ciampa wins the belt. Ciampa has Goldie back, which I think is a pretty fun story. Uh, What was your thought on, on just how that all unfolded around the title?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So completely in agreement as to why O'Reilly gets removed, because that's, that's, he's the favorite. Like he's, he's, he's a crowd favorite. He's a diehard favorite. So making him out of that removes people automatically being disappointed in the outcome. Even though I think that you shouldn't be disappointed by Ciampa winning, but by, Having O'Reilly not even in the mix, it makes it probably a little bit easier to swallow. Um, we, weird, weird, weird. Uh, the whole show was weird. I feel like there's, I feel like NXT 2.0 is really two different things. And I think that Tuesday night was a good display of what I think we're in store for down the road. The rumors had been out there about a shift to more developmental uh, and bigger people, bigger talents. Well, we saw that. You still have those. Some of the some of the guys that I think are kind of like the indie or the diehard favorites: Swer Scott, Santos Escobar. You know, champa Roddy. Roddy's in the mix. Um, Kushida. Kushida's in the mix. I think. I think that story ends up like playing out next week. I, I, I am not a fan of how they've pivoted Diamond to mine. Where it seems like Roddy's been the backdrop, I think that maybe changes next week if he unseats Kushida. But like the Creed brothers, don't do anything for me at all. Really- they, uh, <laughs> they they are not ready for prime time. Um, in I'm my like, opinion, okay, okay, yeah, nope, <laughs> nope, no, not 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 feeling that. Um, Carmelo Hayes, you know, again, m- pivoted a little bit. Trick Williams as his second. Yikes, that was uh, that was some bad TV right. in my opinion.
0: I like the Carmelo turn. I didn't like the Trick Williams thing.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I am interested. So the the the, 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 the 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 night opens with LA Knight, and and again, LA Knight's a veteran who I think easily could shift out of NXT quickly here and be on Raw or SmackDown, and probably would make a lot of sense to do that, considering his history and probably his age. Um, if you're looking to keep NXT younger and more developmental, but then you could also argue goodbye to champa but champa might go hey listen i'm 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 long for this world as as the veteran and and he's done coaching you know back in the day before uh, evolve disappeared and went away and was acquired by wwe champa was going and acting as a coach or agent for a lot of the evolve events that were happening and because there was some synergy between wwe and evolve so where so where where does Ciampa's career go? Where does Johnny Gargano's career go? Uh, where does Swerve Scott's career go? Where does Pete Dunn's career go? Where I, you know, I was actually really nervous uh in the second match, and, and I haven't even made my point yet, so I apologize. If I'm bouncing around. When Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen came out, I was like, Oh great, here we go. Imperium's about to put them over. And then Imperium got the win. So I was like, okay, pleasantly surprised. But to me, Imperium are unfortunately guys they're going to be fodder. In the new NXT, they weren't Tuesday, but I think long-term they 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 probably will if they're focusing on the big, muscular, you have to be 6'5 or greater, and, and beefy. Which gives us, as NXT started, um, LA Knight cuts a nice little promo. He's great on the mic, decent in the ring. And then you have the debut of Braun Breaker. Who was going to be called, or was called, Rex Steiner? He's Rick Steiner's son. Um, and and I and I only wonder if they chose to debut him as Braun Breaker here because eventually he will be Rex Steiner on the main roster. And if and, and if not, like there there's there, there's a point to again, just like you didn't call Von Wagner Cal Bloom, even if he was Von Bloom, right? Like tell the story and and, and Brooks Jensen, who I have no clue, they said he was a second generation. Uh, so, Bull
0: B. Cannon's kid. He's Bull B. Cannon's.
1: Got it. Okay. So again, they're clearly focusing on those types of, 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 of talents, right? People in their system who have a lineage and a history of pro wrestling. Some may succeed. Some may be the next rock, right? Some might not. Some may be the next Eric Watts.
0: Wow. You, you picked uh, two ends of that spectrum, didn't you? Um, I, I mean, was it was,
1: it was the ends. first thing that came to mind.
0: And those are the ends of the spectrum, no doubt. Um, Braun Breaker may be one of the dumbest names I've ever heard. Um, And then you put two K's in Breaker, too. I mean, just terrible name. But he's got something. Like, the guy himself, who hasn't been wrestling all that long, from my understanding, didn't look bad in his match with LA Knight. Um, He's got his promo style isn't too bad. He had a little Mojo Raleigh for me at the beginning. um, And I didn't, I was like, "Eh." but then I have seen, there was an interview after a digital exclusive with him and a couple of the other people. Uh, And at one point when he, he, there was something he said in that, um, that I was like, Holy smokes. That was Rick Steiner coming right through. Like just the inflection he used and everything was absolutely his dad. Um, It'll be interesting. I, to see whether he goes more down the road of the Mojo Raleigh. I'm just so hyped and I'm happy to be here. And uh, 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 um, Or a little more serious where at the end of the show, when he and Champa had the stare down, you know, it seemed there was a little more serious side to him at that point. So I I think as a potential star, he's got potential, uh, man, that name is terrible. Rex Steiner was decent. Um, Playing, I like the playing off Steiner. I don't know how much I like Rex Steiner because it kind of sounds like Rick Steiner when you say it real close, real fast. And of course, their last name actually is Rex Steiner. Um, so a play off of that too. So maybe that's part of why I didn't. I I like Rex Steiner better than I like Braun Breaker as a name. That I mean, that's not even close. Um, so interesting to see. Obviously, he's going to be um, focused on here moving forward. Um, uh, be interesting to see some of the others as Mon Wagner. You would assume he's going to be focused on. I mean, he, they put him into the title match and gave him some, some shine there. Um, he was not the one to take the pin, which I thought was interesting. Uh, you know, LA Knight takes two pins in one night. Uh, one of two things I think is happening here either LA Knight, like you said, is moving on to the main roster, which I think is the more likely option, or I have this sneaky feeling and I've had it all week that about three o'clock this afternoon on Friday afternoon, there's going to be a whole bunch of tweets again about a bunch of people being gone from NXT. And I wouldn't be, if that happens, I wouldn't be shocked to see LA Knight on that list. But I think LA Knight's the kind of guy that Vince might like to have on Raw or SmackDown because he does have a lot of personality. He's got a character. He's, you know, so I think, I I think it's more likely that he ends up maybe in the draft or somewhere around there um, debuting on Raw or SmackDown. And, You know they were beating him on his way out and i wouldn't be shocked i would actually be more surprised if we see la Knight on nxt again either way either he's gone or he moves up Um, when you beat him twice in one night like that unless you're gonna do the corbin storyline with him basically in nxt you know and have him down on his luck and all of that and i don't want to see that again and we talk about happy corbin another week um or not, not, or not. Or not. Right. I'm not, not sure what I feel about that. Um, SmackDown's been pretty good, and that's the one that's just not clicking with me. I like Down and Out Corbin. Don't know that I like Happy Corbin. Um, and, yeah, and this, just going to be
1: sorry. interesting. Yeah. And, well, and the one thing I said we didn't talk about, but it's worth noting, is the, the new design of the performance center. Uh, so it's no longer the Capital Wrestling Center. They did not make any mention of that at all. So that era is over. I like that it's big and bright. Uh, I like that it feels like a like a small domed venue in a in a circular setting. Uh, brings back vibes for me of like uh, center stage in Atlanta, yep. but much brighter. Um, I do think I and, I and I liked, and it will take some getting used to. The hard cam appears to like be a, a little bit elevated above the ring, like not right on the ring. So and 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 it's got a more of a of a float to it. Uh, it felt like uh, when they're going when they went to that shot. So that was that was interesting. Um, I'm going to be interested to see whenever they do matches that involve fighting on the floor. Those like barriers now are not really barriers; they appear to be plexiglass or glass. Uh, so I can't imagine guys getting you know thrown into the railing as you know as you as you might expect. Uh, and then the, the color scheme, you know, definitely that that splash of color, like someone just threw a couple of buckets of paint against the wall. But I do like that that they kind of modify as the show goes on like I think when imperium came out they went to like black and white right so that was kind of a cool thing in my opinion um yeah' it, it's, it's gonna take some getting used to again I think just like anything that changes over time when you when you're so familiar with the black and gold of NXT and then it does this type of change even though they've been saying it's been coming for weeks you know that first dose of it you're like whoa okay
0: yeah, I I, I enjoyed the show. It wasn't blow away. It wasn't, oh my gosh, I'm going to love this. It felt like watching a new brand, uh, which is kind of what they're going for. So I guess kudos in that room. I'll be interested to see. I, I think they crammed too many debuts into one show. Um, I liked that at least one of the debuts was just a vignette for Tony D'Angelo, um, which, by the way, Tony D'Angelo is a hockey player's name. Uh, who's recently been embroiled in a whole lot of controversy around some racist comments. So I kind of think that name doesn't stick. Um, Somebody somewhere has to like lean over to Kevin Dunn or somebody and be like, maybe he should be Antonio D'Angelo or something like that, Um, you know, or or Tony Angelo or something, you know, I, I think there might be a tweak to that name. I don't know. You cram that many debuts in, I just feel like somebody's going to get lost in the shuffle. And and maybe it's Briggs and Jensen already. Um, That's not fair to say after one week, obviously. Um, Maybe it's Von Wagner. Who knows? But there are a lot of new faces, and it'll be interesting to see. One thing that was interesting, and again, I don't mean to keep bringing up fantasy wrestling. I'm doing the scoring this week, and normally NXT, most of the matches have somebody owned in them. Two of the matches had anybody owned in them this week. Because of who they used, so it'll be interesting to see moving forward. And and in our rest, our fantasy league, does that shift? Um, Braun Breaker has already been picked up. You know, are there some other new talents who get um, added? Um, I know I've got my eye on one or two, but I'm starting to run low, on I drops already this year. So I gotta I gotta pace myself a little bit.
1: Um, the big question that I was mulling over and 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 you know, circling in my mind as I watched Tuesday is. What is going? What is the next NXT takeover going to look like? And is there even such a thing as a takeover? You would think that they keep that right, but but this is an NXT 2.0. So, our, I know takeovers as we know them are, are not going to be a thing, right? If, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little bit more. Uh, maybe I'm two steps ahead of where I should be right now, and just letting it play out. But I am very interested to see whenever they do give us a a takeover or whatever they call that. Um, if it's not TakeOver, what's that going to look like?
0: I think that is going to be very interesting. And Sap made that co- same kind of comment, you know, without reporting anything, just wondering that same thing. I can't foresee TakeOver being what it was before, where they could run it in the same venue as the pay-per-view, you know, the night before. And, and which they didn't do that with SummerSlam, obviously. Um I don't know, in this version, at least one week in, I, I don't see that. I don't see a takeover being able to fill 12,000 seats, 15,000 seats. Um, now they could build this in a way that three, six months from now, as we keep saying, you could do that perhaps maybe, maybe this works really well for them. Um, but yeah, I think the future of takeover is going to be interesting to watch too. And is it going to be more the UK style where it's just kind of, they throw them randomly whenever, um, I don't know. It is it's going to be very interesting to see because when you think the different things that we've seen over time with an NXT TakeOver, Tommaso Ciampa versus Braun Breaker right now does not scream TakeOver main event to me. There may come a time down the road where I'm like, heck yeah, let's see it. They, might, they And those two might just beat the tar out of each other. That actually might be a really fun match, but obviously Breaker's been around one week. So, you know, but I, I think they're going to push him to the moon and it There's a piece in me that wouldn't be shocked to see Braun Breaker as the champ before the year is out.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Well, I know we're kind of up against our time constraint, but, Tom, I just want to ask one question on AEW, and then maybe next week, along with our Extreme Rules picks, we can talk a little more AEW. I'm a little behind in that I haven't seen much of Dynamite yet. Um, But I do know that the main event for for Dynamite next week is Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. I do believe it's for the AEW title. Uh, It is not. It is not okay. It
1: is not. Yeah. So, so that was that was a. Go ahead.
0: That may change a little bit my feeling, um, and and I know you were going to talk about the the segment that sets this up, which is totally fine. Even I haven't seen it, but that's I know the match happens, so that's fine. Part of me was going to the question I was going to ask is is it too soon to go right to this as a one on one match? But go ahead.
1: Yeah. So Wednesday, because you haven't seen it yet, I'll let you know when they do have the have the segment in the ring that gets us to this match. Danielson's very clear and he goes, this may be about that title at some point, but right now it's just about me against you. It's me coming in wanting to be the best professional wrestler. You're the best bout machine. You're the God of professional wrestling, yada, yada, yada. I just want to show you that I'm the best. And Don Callis is in the mix, runs his mouth. Kenny Omega finally gets the chance to speak without any dissension whatsoever. I want to be clear about that. Um, even though I think you could easily, and down the road, I'm sure we're going to get a split between Callus and Omega. Sure. Wait, like I'm, I'm talking way down the road. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and Omega does commit to the match, and they and in that committing, they don't by any means give you any sense of when. And then later on in Dynamite, they do make it clear that it is for uh, the Grand Slam event Wednesday. So I I still feel like it is a little early for this match. That being said, by making it not about the title, making it about professional wrestling is a smart way to go and, and arguably the best way to go. Uh and I can't wait. Like, and, and you know what? I found this really interesting. I, I, I knew that Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega had, had some history. This will only be this the fourth time they've ever met in the ring in, in in a in like a singles style match, I believe, maybe maybe in general. And it's only the second time they've ever had a true one on one singles match. It's been, I think, 12 years I think it was 9 and PWG when they last had a singles yeah. match one-on-one. So th- it's going to be amazing. It- it's absolutely going to be amazing. I, I don't know. I- I mean, and we, t- we won't talk about it a lot here. We talked about it before we hit record. The Grand Slam events for both AEW shows next week, Wednesday for Dynamite, Friday for Rampage are both two-hour shows, adding a second hour to Rampage on Friday. And they are loaded. Excalibur makes a comment on Dynamite by basically saying, we got four hours of AEW next week. It's like a pay-per-view over two nights. And he is not wrong. With what is on the docket with the matches that are announced, that is absolutely the case. The big question will be that will be here, and, and the point of contention, depending on how it shakes out, is will this match have enough time? I believe this match has to easily have 20-plus minutes of non-commercial TV time for them to just murder it and, and arguably have a potential match of the year candidate, if they want to. And that, and that goes, again, who's AEW's audience? Is it diehards um, who want nothing but amazing professional wrestling and you know snowflakes all over the matches? Is it, is it what we've been getting, which has been a really high-quality product with ebbs and flows in different styles and different formats? Um, again, there's a lot of... A lot of what if and i think next wednesday will start to give us some answers to that what if
0: yeah i'm i'm looking forward to the match um i'm glad it's non-title so thank you for telling me that um because most of what i would have said is totally out the the door right now um because i also think it gives them a way to let brian danielson win his first match um and I think probably that is what happens if you had me make a pick um, because A, it sets up Brian Danielson down the road for a title shot and B, unless you do a schmaz, you know, and have the elite all attack Danielson at the end of the match and it's a DQ, huh, I would hate that. Um, or I, I probably would hate that. I guess I'd have to see it play out. But I, sitting here today thinking about that as an option, I don't love it. Um, but you could do it in a way where it was clear that Danielson was going to beat him, and that's why the Good Brothers jump in or whatever, um, you know, to save Omega. That's a little horseman-esque, so I guess that could work. Um, I, but as a bell-to-bell match, I agree. And, and if there's any way you can do it, and I don't know their deal with TNT, but if you can do it as commercial-free, like you said, and not picture-in-picture. Picture. I hate picture-in-picture. Picture. I fast-forward through picture-in-picture, picture, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I paid for it a couple of weeks ago when Orange Cassidy won a match during the picture-in-picture, picture, which was smart by AEW because it, what they're trying to do is teach people like me to stop doing that. Um, and and so kudos to AEW for doing that. Uh, it didn't work, I still do it. Um, partially because when it goes picture-in-picture, picture, I'm old, my eyeballs, it's hard to focus on that little screen. Um, that's why I have a 55-inch TV. Okay. Um, I don't, if I wanted to watch it on a 14-inch TV, I'd watch it on, you know, my laptop. So, um, yeah, I would love to see it be actually commercial-free. Um, and like I said, I know promotions have done that before. Whether AEW has the ability to do that in their deal or TNT is able or willing to do that with their advertisers, I, I don't know. Um, But it would be really, really cool. I agree with you. It's got to be 20 plus. I would even argue close to 30. Um, I could see, I actually think I would open the show with it in some ways, because then you could have the potential that you could say, is it going to be an hour draw if they're doing an hour? I don't know what they'll say for a time limit you know, you know, that's an option when you say TV time remaining, I guess it is an option, but that's lame.
1: I like that a lot. And I like leading off with it because a, you're then, you know, people who maybe didn't tune in, you're texting your friends, you're calling your friends, yo, they're kicking off dynamite with this match. You got to watch. And then, then you give them the freedom to go however long, you know, and I'm sure they're going to give them kind of a boundary, but go, Hey, you guys got, you guys have pretty much free reign within this, when these, within these parameters, and then if we have to cut stuff later in the show or bump it or make adjustments, we're doing that with, not that other things are lesser, because I think the, the flipping cards are loaded, but then, but you kind of like say, this is our, this is the main course. We're giving it to you up front. This is what we want the buzz about. All the other things are important too, but it's less important than.
0: And, and they've been doing that kind of with Rampage. I think partially that's because it's on at 10 o'clock Eastern. Um, they're kind of almost doing the Saturday night's main event way of, Put your biggest match on first, and then you know Brian Pillman and Max Castor main evented last week versus Pac and, and- Andrade. Um, and I liked the Pac and Andrade match. I see. I've seen some people that didn't, but I I thought it was good. Um, that's a conversation maybe for another day, but um, I could see that with Dynamite here because you still, if I remember the card that I've already heard right, um, and I haven't heard the whole card, but you have Cody Black, Cody and Malachi Black. You have Britt and uh, Ruby. Either one of those matches could be your main event on Dynamite. And even with Omega Danielson, not feel like, oh, it was Brian Pillman and Max Caster. Nothing against Brian Pillman and Max Caster. That was in Cincinnati. Made a ton of sense, especially when Moxley helped him or came out at the end to to save him from the beat down. Send him home happy with the Cincinnati boys. I get it. But you could main event with either of those other two matches and not feel out of place. Like, oh, especially with it being a non-title match. Uh, feeling like, well, oh, why didn't the title match go on last? Well, it's not a title match, so it went on first. Um, I don't know. Be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing this week's Dynamite, Dynamite, and Rampage. Are are they're not appointment viewing for me because I can't watch uh, Dynamite live and Rampage. Often we're off doing other things by that point on a Friday night. Excuse me, and uh, so I usually catch it on Saturday. But they are. I want to see them as soon as I can each week. So. Well, we could go on and on, but uh, I know we're up against a, a time constraint on my end here this morning, so uh, we won't go two hours today like we did last week, uh, but next week we'll be back with Extreme Rules pick-ems, head uh, head-to-head, that's what we call it here, uh, but they're pick-ems nonetheless, uh, but we'll be back with Extreme Rules uh, picks and uh, maybe some more conversation around AEW. Uh, maybe by the time we record, I will have seen Dynamite, I, it's possible next week. I'm going to try to make that happen so that we can talk about Omega and Danielson. Um, So hopefully that'll be the case and we can maybe spend most of our time on AEW and then uh, extreme rules picks that will be dark throws uh, in some cases for us.
1: And to close out, just, just ironic pointing this out a year ago, we were not in the same place with pro wrestling as we are now. We still were getting dynamites. We still were getting SmackDown and raw But the world is starting to return to a sense of normalcy. We had a lot of focus about New Japan. We need to just make mention that the G1 climax tournament begins this coming weekend. Even though we haven't spent a lot of time at all talking, discussing New Japan, I'm sure over the course of the next couple of weeks, um, we may find time here to talk about that. I'm going to attempt to watch the G1 spoiler free. Yeah, right, Tom, you said that before. Um, Nonetheless, like, you know, New Japan seems to be kind of in in a downward trend in terms of popularity now, even though with the forbidden door being opened and guys infusing themselves into, into AEW has been like something to, to to keep your eye on. Uh I do think that the G1 is going to be important um, and, and, and watching how it plays out in the, in the weeks to come.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I feel less buzz about this G1 than I have in a long time. Um, and maybe that's because they don't have any like crazy, Um, outside competitor in there, you know, Brian Danielson's not in it, John Moxley's not in it. Um, And and a lot of that still has to just do with where we're at in the pandemic. And I'm sure their AEW commitments, you know, chances are if they were going to work the G1, they'd have to let them go for about a month. Um, And AEW being back on the road right now and as hot as they are. Yeah. They're probably not okay with with losing, you know, Danielson who just debuted or Moxley or fill in blank here uh, for a month maybe next year by the time, you know, things will be a little different and maybe they can, uh, they can get that and get that buzz back. But uh, yeah, I, in fact, I had hoped maybe to even, we had done a G1 pick em last year and I thought about trying to pull one together and I just knew that I, I didn't have the time to make it happen this year. I came up with a few other ideas that never came to fruition either, but uh, yeah, it be interesting to see. So yeah, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll have some updates on that and at least talk about it and, um, I probably won't even try to watch it, to be perfectly honest, just knowing my time. So it'll be interesting to hear your views, seeing it versus my views of, of reading what's going on. Um, it, my, my dark horse, and I don't know that it's that much of a dark horse, is Jeff Cobb. I don't know that he can win it, but I think he's going to have a really good run.
1: Yeah, and for me, it's more of a justification of I've been paying for New Japan World every single month. It hits <laughs> it, it, it hits that PayPal, and I'm like... Oh yeah, that's right. I am still paying for this. I should probably make good use of my money.
0: Probably watch something on that service, right? Yeah. That's, that's okay. I'm paying for Peacock and I literally watch the WWE pay-per-views and that's about it on there. Um, sometimes a movie, but you know, WWE wise. Yeah. Anyways. Well, Tom, it has been a pleasure as always. Everybody else, uh, it's been a pleasure as well. We hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Give us a review. Drop us a note on social media at Two Spot Monkeys on Twitter, Two Spot Monkeys on Facebook, Two, spunk, two Spot Monkeys at gmail.com, YouTube. We don't have an Instagram because I don't know what we do with it. Um, but anywhere else you can find us, reach out. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Tom, it's been a pleasure.
1: Always. Thanks, man. Take care.